0: Test one two, test one two.
1: Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve.
0: Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Take one.
1: Welcome to the program. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. All of Brewski. Check out our webpage, the All our socials are right there, just waiting for you. They're not lonely, but I mean they're waiting. You can x us is that what we're calling it i don't even know well we'll see how long it lasts we don't even know it's not doing well so yeah you can access if you want we've got that available along with threads and all the other majors uh go check us out you can figure it out x and
2: threads we're also on ones you've heard of like facebook tiktok (laughs) youtube whatever else
1: Indeed, we are Uh, Gentlemen, uh, just doing some show prep today, and I thought, oh, this could make for an interesting list because, uh, well, I could see us having, well, varying opinions on what's happening in the world of not only rock and roll, but I guess just music when they compile a list of the 20 greatest guitar players of all time. I mean, that's a little controversial, isn't it? It is. This is a fight in the making. You ready, Brewski? I'm ready. <laughs> uh, you guys shake hands, dude. I want a clean fight. All right. right. <laughs> Nothing
0: is more I should...
2: divisive on the show than musical taste.
0: No, but but I mean I I don't I don't think that we'll disagree too much on who is a great guitarist, just whether the, that person's a crap bag or not, you know? <laughs> right,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Listen, enough. I will preface
2: all of this by saying anytime anyone does a top whatever musical thing, it's all a p- opinion. There is oh, yeah. no right or wrong answer. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a dumb thing. And I remember back in my band days, we did a uh, battle of the bands once, and we were just like, we're never doing this again. Because <laughs> it's just so dumb to be judged based on music. I mean, there obviously is no right or wrong answer. No. Yeah. Like Having Clark, said but- that, I'm going to tell you half these names are wrong right now. So
1: oh, you, you think so? You don't think it'll get most of them uh, correct?
2: Well, who knows? You know, some <clears throat> people put together an intelligent list. Others are clickbait meant to infuriate you by leaving off Hendrix or something, right?
0: Yeah, yes. but. The other thing, too, is, is that, you know, there's going to be the usual suspects, and I'm not going to throw any names. I'll wait till Nick brings them up.
2: Hey, I don't know why, but I was literally just debating this. I have these little mental discussions with myself a lot, and I was trying to think, if I had to write a top ten list of guitarists, like, the first few were pretty obvious, you know, uh, some of the big names that will I'm sure will be on this list. But then it starts to get a little more nuanced, you know? So sure. I'm curious to see who... Uh, first of all, you'd have to tell us to who put this together. But, yeah, what, what 20 names are on there?
1: Orchestra Central. All right? So uh, okay. a lover of music as a whole, dude. I mean, this is not rock bass. This is not Rolling Stone. This is just the roots of music, okay? All right. That's what's going to make the list interesting is that, you know what? Everyone's affected by a certain piece of music they hear at some time. And that, uh, you know, kind of shapes their belief of who the greatest guitar player is. Also, we could get into the nuance of it all and be like, technically, who's the best technical guitar player, you know, who's the best this, who's the best that, but this is just an overall list. Top 20 and number 20 on the list is someone that, uh, oh, I think a lot of. Mark Knopfler is the name that they have in at number 20. Hell of a guitarist. Heck yeah.
2: Mr. Dire Straits and a bunch of solo artist work. Mark Knopfler is uh, one of the greats. I actually probably would have put him higher up on the list, but... uh... Uh, I remember Mark Knopfler said in an interview once that someone said, you know, he must be able to shred like, uh, you know, some Steve Vai or Metal God, you know. Right. And he said, I don't don't play fast. Like, that's not my
1: thing, you know. Yeah.
2: Although the Sultan's a swing, there's a little, you know, there's a little,
1: you know, fast kick in there. it's a Sultan swing. I mean, he's an incredible guitarist. And if you listen to not only his stuff on Dire Straits, but Mark Knopfler has a, a huge solo career. And uh, he's just a great overall guitar player. He knows how to play the guitar, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No. All right. I don't all disagree right. with that at all, and I agree that he should uh, be on the list. But, I'd, yeah, probably would put him higher, but
1: okay. Number 19 on the list is uh, Little Jimmy Page. Oh, jeez. 19.
0: 19? Yes. Yeah, wow.
1: I mean,
2: yeah. he's the usual You'll contender for top three of the greatest guitar players ever. So. Yes, dude. 19. I mean,
1: Nineteen. Is this a clickbait article already? I, I don't w- know. Is it just because he stole everything from black guys? Is that what <laughs> you yeah, saw? He's, he's talented. Uh, I mean, his guitar riffs overall are, you know, some of the most easily recognized.
2: Yes, he is one of the greatest rock, you know, guitar players of all time. 19 on the list that's pretty damn low yeah my son was recently asking me is it a real thing that you can't play stairway to heaven at a guitar store
1: yeah i I think people adopted it it for sure right
2: Yeah. yeah it started as a joke but then it became such a thing that yeah and there's youtube videos out there people going into guitar stores and doing it to see what the reaction is and it's become a rule you don't play stairway to heaven in a guitar store so yeah, you respect the rules of the guitar store, right? Don't and that's it. because it is such an iconic classic song. It's become almost a, a parody of
0: itself in some ways. So. In Harvard Square by the uh, T station, there's like what's called the pit, and it's a stairway, and, and a lot of kids hang out there. Most, used to be when I was a teenager, at least, all the punker kids and everything. We'd all hang out down there, and there'd be every so often there'd be somebody down there busking, playing acoustic guitar, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they take requests and. We would, we would actually pay the guy not to play Wish You Were Here. <laughs>
1: no, really? It was uh, because, because a really be like, song you hear?
0: Oh, my God. People people would always be like, play Wish You Were Here, especially during the summer in Harvard Square because there were a lot of homeless kids that hitchhiked to Boston and were hanging out in Cambridge for the summer and that sort of thing. So they'd sing Wish You Were Here because it's a whole big runaway thing and all that. But we'd pay the it. guy anyway, like, here's five bucks. Don't play Wish uh, You Were Here while we're sitting here, please. You know? Uh,
1: very nice. I love a little live busking. Number eighteen on the list. Uh, will it surprise you to hear that it is one Mister Carlos Santana? Okay. What do you think about that?
2: Is he yeah. too low? Uh, no, I actually think he belongs somewhere in the the high teens. There, I, I don't put him on my top ten by any means, but he's deserving yeah. of being on that list for sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. No, he can play the guitar, but yeah, it
0: does his, does his best work on acid though.
2: I was yes. going to say, he would tell you the opposite. You know, the story about him taking acid at uh, Woodstock and him freaking himself out on stage.
0: As somebody listening to the music, I, I, I hear what he did, and that, sure. to me, that, that's awesome, you know? Freaked sure.
1: him out. He was anxious about it, but uh, you know, the fans <laughs> enjoyed it for sure.
2: We have so, the same taste in guitars. He loves Paul Reed Smith's, which you know, I got a Paul Reed Smith hanging on the wall right over there. Yeah, And, uh, of course, Carlos Santana owes his career to Rob Thomas for Matchbox 20. What would he be without...
1: Well, I mean, My he'd Thomas. be Carlos Santana. I mean, he had a
2: lot of hits before <laughs> Rob Thomas.
1: Did. Yeah, let's, exactly. not, let's not get what? ahead of ourselves. Yeah.
2: No, I meant that the other way around. I used to joke that Matchbox <laughs> 20 is one of these bands of like, who's the lead singer? Do you know his name? No, of course you don't. I do. And then, and then he did that song with Santana as a solo artist and now has taken off as, you know, right. everyone knows Rob Thomas now.
0: But. He did a really killer job. Um, he did um, Voodoo Child. With uh, Robert Randolph from Robert Randolph from the Family Band, and Robert Randolph, he plays the steel guitar. Nice, the one that you sit down and you play the pedals and everything like that. Sure, and and when he has to play the Hendrix solos and you watch him playing it on that, it's amazing. And Rob Thomas does a really good job on the, the lyrics too. The, the uh, vocals. R- of Rob
1: Thomas did a hell of a job. It was one of the better episodes I've ever seen on uh, at Daryl's house. You know, yes, uh, Daryl Daryl Hall. They just, you know, they played Matchbox 20 songs. They played Daryl Hall and Oates songs and they did played, some other stuff. It they was did cool. Kiss
0: on My List, and they did a really slow version of it. it was, and it was yeah, really it was out real of this nice. world. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nice. So there you go, Rob Thomas. Uh, so that's why you so famous, Steve. Yeah, there you go. We worship Rob Thomas. Uh, I wonder if this one will make uh, Harness cry or if he'll feel happy about this. It's number 17 on our list. <laughs> Kirk Hammett or James Hetfield? Kirk Hammett. Mm, okay. uh, speaking of Carlos Santana,
2: uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Kirk Hammett took a lot of influence from Santana. And, oh, or,
1: really?
0: Yeah. Well, but I think both Bay Area guys.
2: Uh, yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, Santana um, was Bay Area, I think.
2: You know, if you told me, you know, who are your two favorite league guitar players of all time, I would probably say Mike McCready and Kirk Hammett, or at least they had the biggest influence on me personally. Not the greatest of all time on their own, but... For, right. As far as influencing me, Mike McCready of Pearl Jam and Kirk Hammett of Metallica. Okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see him get the accolade being in the top 20. He's ahead of Jimmy Page. That seems bad, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Right. but huh. yeah, I mean, he is a phenomenal guitar player. So, all right, uh, I didn't. Bruce, any objections to that? Since Metallica's come up on the list?
0: No, nope. no. Nope.
2: <laughs> you respect his his skills?
0: Yeah, he's nobody, Van Halen, but yeah.
2: You know, I've argued the uh, the guitar solo on one is one of the great uh, guitar solos of all time. Probably not the greatest, but it's one of the.
0: This is going to sound bad, to, weird to say this because I've ripped on this guy in the past. But yeah. my favorite part of that particular song is the drums, the double kick bass of one. You mean of one? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's like, the, like if you, if I could isolate one element of that song. It's, it would be it would be the drums, the, the the double kicking on that big thing from that one song.
2: Everybody loved it. What it is the happening. greatest heavy metal riff of all time. You know, the way the it drops down to just the double kick and then the guitar comes in right with the double kick driving. Mean, it's that's it's a definition of riff.
1: shredding. I mean, it's the definition, right? Yeah.
2: And, I mean, this was way before so many other bands, that you know, like Pantera or somebody that really took all that stuff to a whole new level. But, yeah, no, Metallica won. Like I've said, starts off as a lullaby, ends as a nightmare. What a song.
1: All right, let's go. Next uh, one on the list is uh, 16. It's uh, Joe Satriani. Oh, Yeah. Okay. So
2: Satch, Joe Satriani is right in that Steve Vai sort of category of some guitar players think of them as the ultimate because they can shred like no other. I mean, they take technical playing to a level that no one else does. Yes. However, do they have the same level of emotion as a Jimmy Page or a Jimi Hendrix or something? Um, they don't, but that doesn't take away from what they do. I would say that Steve Vai and Joe Satriani are some of the the greats because they are so technically proficient how many joe satriani songs can you name
0: my favorite is war which is a fantastic song you guys should know because stern used it as one of his his open for a while uh summer song yeah uh, always with, always with you always with me uh, which is what nikki just played surfing with the alien the whole album top to bottom is just out <laughs> of this world satch boogie yeah so i mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those dorks. I was going to you know? say,
2: Bruce, he's a bit of a musical nerd. I would wonder <laughs> if I, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend Dottie is a, is a rock and roll goddess. She knows all sorts of stuff. I bet if I put a gun to her head, she could not name a Joe Satriani song, but <laughs> yeah, but it's one of weird. I mean, c- could you have Nick? Could you have named any Satch songs? I couldn't have named one, right? But you've heard of them.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. That's and, the
2: weird thing. They're so famous because they're so technically proficient, but are they yeah. good songwriters? Like, yeah. right
0: a uh, summer song in particular if you listen to that i yeah. guarantee you you've you've heard it in a commercial it was in a sony commercial it's been sure. in a lot of a lot of stuff like that like you say to somebody do you know Joe Satriani? They say no. But then if you play a song, they would be like, oh, I know yeah. who that is. I know that song.
2: Which there's yeah. some bragging rights there. That's hard to pull off to have no true, like, big, you know, n- you know, hits that everyone knows, yet everyone knows you somehow. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That does, that does speak volume. So um, if, if Joe Satriani's on the list, though, Steve Vai better not be up here ahead of him. So let's put it. <laughs> yeah.
1: so. No, you'll have to wait and see, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, see what happens. Uh, right. Next on the list, all right. Uh we're gonna go to number fifteen now. Does this sound familiar?
0: No.
1: Your love? Is this the hardbirds? Yeah. Yeah? It's Jeff Beck. He's number fifteen on the list. Jeff Beck
2: is a guitar player's guitar player. Most guitar players worship Jeff Beck. Same sort of argument I may make with Satriani, though. Like, how many Jeff Beck songs do you know? Like, true musicians know of some, but has he had any big hits outside of the Yardbirds? Probably not, but he is one of the greats as far as straddling the line, I would say, between technically proficient and having some good blues emotion to him. And
0: you'd be surprised sometimes how many songs uh, that these guys have played on that you didn't realize they played on. That's yeah. right. That's you know, for, exactly right. For different bands. And I was gonna like, say they've oh. joined a
2: lot of bands over the years that yeah, you probably
1: know. So. Yeah. All right. Number fourteen on the list. Oh yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, you can't yeah. have a top twenty without Stevie in it, and I would say he's probably up a little should be up a little higher than fourteen, don't you think?
2: I do. Should yep. be 10 10. Uh very technically proficient, but very emotional. I mean you can feel the passing. Blues. Oh yes again though how many hits did he have eh, you know it's debatable but these are all different categories i'm just acknowledging that there's technically proficient there's people that write hits and some people that straddle the line i would say he's one of those that probably hasn't had a lot of big mainstream hits but i think almost everyone knows who he is
0: so. my um one of my go-to karaoke songs of all time is the sky is crying
1: oh yeah that's a
0: good oh. one you sing that dude yes i do i used to sing it at the crescent lounge We're gonna and it needs a uh, video of that one of these days
1: oh yeah, my God. I, well, I mean we used to do karaoke with the cousin we may well, have you, to bring that onto the podcast. i, know, I the don't know about dude.
0: that but, <laughs> but you know, you know what's cool about that song too is that it, it has that that keyboard in it that that organ in it i should say sure yeah and it's a Hammond it just has organ. that yeah but the, that that old like roadhouse kind of sound to sure. it you know just a sweaty place smoky and yeah
2: He's yeah. one of the few guitar players I've heard cover Hendrix and not embarrass himself, you know, either oh, yeah. shine like right there with them or, you know, maybe even top him here and there. But it's hard to cover someone like Hendrix and not make a fool out of yourself. But
1: Well, uh, I would have put him up higher if it were up to me. That's all I'm trying to say. This is uh, what? Number 13 on the list. Are you ready for it? You'll know it immediately. Both of you will. But Brusky, this is your love. And discipline it remains massively. Yes, and then neither you. <laughs> uh, do you don't know what it is, Brisky? You know what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's uh David Gilmore is
2: David number thirteen Gilmore. on the list. Here's a question for you both though. This intro to Wish You Were Here, the Nick is playing, like it's famous, but do you understand what the scene is that's going on here? I don't. It took me forever. And someone pointed out to me, and I was finally like, oh, duh. He's sitting there playing along with the radio. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. That AM effect. That's the yeah. radio. And now here um, he is jamming along with the
1: radio. I never oh. in a million years would have known that,
2: dude. Right. <laughs> and that same thing. When someone told I was like, makes total sense. Like, no, <laughs>
0: like, yeah,
2: that's That's right. cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, huh, I mean, Gilmore's kind of brusky way. He, he's gone on some weird political tangents of late, right? I mean, yeah. Kind of like Eric Clapton. Like, he's a legend, but stop talking politics.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, because then you're ruining it for
2: everybody. And Pink Floyd, I mean, I don't even know how to describe them. They write rock operas, they don't write pop yes. songs. I mean, those albums should be listened to front to back. And, yes. Know, Gilmore is uh, one of the greats, to, to say the least. But
0: The first time that. I had um, my defibrillator put in my chest. I'm laying on the table in the operating room and they're listening to the local classic rock station here in Boston. And as they're giving me the gas, I, all I can hear is, hello, hello. Is there anybody <laughs> wow. in there? And I'm just like, I'm like, my, I can feel my eyes getting all heavy and just not if you could hear me. And I'm like. Oh, my God, this is uh, that so is appropriate. Kismet,
1: dude. I
2: mean, yeah, come on. That is <laughs> unbelievable. That is hilarious. Yeah. Pink Floyd is one of my faves, and they're one of the bands that I didn't discover until I was like 19 or 20. I just had no exposure to it at all. Yeah. And, and just, you know, became mildly obsessed with them. Had some great trips listening to all of their stuff. And yeah. You know, I'll tell you, this is, I don't know. Let me just pat myself on the back, I guess, real quick here. When I first joined South Normal, they covered Comfortably Numb, but I had never heard the song. So I, I learned it through the band, just like you'd learn any song in the band. Show me the chords, how does it go, and I played along. And right. I always i always improvise all my guitar solos for the most part. And um, when we were playing Comfortably Numb the first time, I went and did the guitar solo. And At the end of the song, uh, the, Jeremy, the bass player, was like, I thought you said you'd never heard the song before. I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "That your guitar solo was like almost exactly like Gilmore played it." I was wow. like, "Wow, you may this this have some DNA
1: with David Gilmore." Is that what you're saying, dude? Some of the same yeah. DNA inside you?
2: Apparently, listen, all rock guitar players play out of the blues and pentatonic scales, and that's what I was playing out of, and that kind of guitar solo is just what fits. Yeah, yeah. and you can uh, feel yeah. it. Gilmore is a legend for sure, but yeah, shut up. Yeah. Number
1: twelve on the list is—I uh I don't know, dude. We'll have Uh-oh. to see how you guys come. Oh
0: no! Today.
1: Remember this song? Yes. You better. You bet. You know who it is? Brisky. Of
2: course I do. I remember the song, but no. Who the hell is B.
1: Townsend? B. Townsend, dude. Oh. Well, why? Why would you play this? God, <laughs> dude, it's one of his best songs he <laughs> ever wrote. Um, Listen,
2: I know so many musicians that worship the Who. I was never a huge Who fan, but uh, I respect them a lot. It's kind of like the Rolling Stones. I was never a huge Rolling Stones fan, but I, I respect them all.
1: Yeah. You, uh, you're a little too old to be a pinball well, wizard.
0: Well, mm. so I saw the Who last summer at the Boston Garden, and I will tell you this. It was the night of Pete Townsend's birthday. I think he was like seventy-nine. And let me tell you something. That man can still play. And Roger Daltrey sounded so amazing. Like he sang "Rain Down Down Me" from um, Quadrophenia. Yeah. And he was hitting those big notes. Like it wasn't perfect, so you knew it was like live. They did everything, starting with the Tommy stuff, all the way to Quadrophenia, and. They ended towards the eighties of an Eminence Front.
1: What was the deal with uh, Pete Townsend and and uh, uh, computer porno? Pete Townsend got busted for child porn years ago and tried to come up with a story of like I was
2: investigating child porn. I wasn't collecting it myself. Oh, I was, of course, I was investigating.
1: <laughs> I was going to turn all these people over. That takes me off the get off the list, dude. Come <laughs> on, I, go on.
2: Well, it's a classic topic of you know so many musicians have so many deviant things in their background like
0: Gary Glitter.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Chuck Berry. <laughs> I mean, there's so many that are great musicians, but are you going to ignore what they've done? A lot of the time, yeah. you have to. So,
1: <laughs> uh, Let's see. Number 11 on the list is Peter Green, an English guitarist, songwriter, blues rock star, played for uh, played in Fleetwood Mac, John Mayle in the Blues Breakers. You know who he is? What the hell? No. I mean, Lindsey wow. Buckingham
2: of Fleetwood Mac is one of my favorites. Bleed to yeah. Lover is such a phenomenal guitar song. But no,
1: yeah, what is the original green. guitar player? Uh, I don't even think so, because it has him on there as well. No, it's his second band is Fleetwood Mac. So,
0: Actually, he, it says there, as the founder of Fleetwood Mac.
1: Oh, he is a founder. Okay.
2: So he must have been one of the originals. I, In my musical trivia knowledge, I couldn't even name the guy. So, he's, Yeah,
1: well, you can love him for founding Fleetwood Mac, but that doesn't make him one of the greatest guitar players ever. No, especially
2: Whoa. when a better guitar player takes your place and takes the band <laughs> <to> <laughs> Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, number 10 on the list is Johnny Marr.
0: Oh, yeah. All Johnny right. Marr.
1: I don't even Ma- know who. Played for Modest it's- Mouse. He played for the Pretenders. Uh, played for Modest is- Mouse?
0: The Smiths.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I played he's with the, the Smiths. Smiths. That's that's what
0: he's basically known for. He's the one that came up with that, that guitar sound at the beginning of How Soon Is Now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people that adore the Smiths. I, I, I just, I, I was never a big fan. When did he join Modest Mouse, a more modern
1: era band? Recently, yeah, he played with them for a while,
2: and he's Fine. in the top ten of all time guitar players for his work with the Smiths.
1: Uh, uh yeah, I think that that's, uh, oh, maybe because he was somewhat influential. I don't know if I would call him one of the greatest guitar players ever, but. I guess I don't know otherwise, but it would have to be he's big because he was kind of influential in the style of music he was playing, I suppose.
2: Wow. Vito. Yeah. This but, is a nerdy personal pick of whoever wrote this list. Yeah. Just to say that he's above Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Page. Yeah. And I'm I wouldn't. I'm i sitting wouldn't. here going, who is he again? Remind yeah. me.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, number nine on the list is Richie Blackmore.
0: Oh, Okay. Deep
1: purple. Deep purple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. No.
0: Now,
2: why are we going off a cliff all of a sudden? Now we're in the top 10 with two people? You got to maybe that's my why memory? Uh,
1: well, maybe that's why part of it is just that this is all subjective, dude. Well, like it- you said, whoever wrote this article had to put some personal favorites or personal touches into the list. That's how you put at 19, not Jimmy Page.
0: Well, but think about this, though. Richie Blackmore is the one that wrote, basically, I think, one of the most recognizable riffs in all of rock history.
2: Smoke on the water. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of the most recognizable. It's also one of the easiest, which is why it's most
1: recognizable.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you know. Although I could say that the opening riff to "Bang Your Head" Metal Health by Quiet, Quiet Riot, Riot. Is, is just as uh, recognizable as "Smoke on the Water." Yeah, you hear it and you know exactly immediately what yeah. song that is. Yeah. No thinking about it.
2: I agree. Okay. I don't know what just happened to this list. I was feeling very good, but okay.
0: <laughs>
1: well, let's see where it goes, dude. Uh, okay. Number eight on the list belongs to maybe someone that you'll feel better about. Hmm.
2: Uh, it is what, Eddie what's Van Halen. Dude, not, not high enough on the list?
0: In my eyes, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: okay. Well, that maybe I can concur with. So. Where yeah. would you
1: put him, like top five
0: at least? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely.
2: I'm going to blame David Lee Roth for him not being higher on the list. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, I I would contend that "Hot for Teacher" should be probably one of the greatest rock songs ever because the guitar and the drums on that song are just out of this world. But then David Lee Roth comes in and makes it a comedic, stupid, humorous, you know, dumb song. "Hot for Teacher," like, please. (laughs) the drums on that song, the guitar—I mean, Eddie Van Halen is certainly one of the greatest lead guitar players of all time. The tapping technique—I mean, "Eruption" is just a mind-blowing guitar solo.
0: Hey, Nick, could you possibly play uh, "Unchained"? Because that, to me, is like the quintessential Eddie Van Halen, Van Halen guitar open.
2: Are we smoking a bowl and grooving out here? What are we? Sh-
0: <laughs> ah, sorry, I just want to hear, it, man. <laughs>
1: never a huge fan of uh, ah. Eddie van Halen and i I think he's fantastic it's just uh, not All my right.
2: not my thing why is it because of the David Lee Roth comedic you know weirdness yes. of Van Halen yes no, it yeah. is. I think he took an amazing group of musicians, short of Michael Anthony, who's one of the worst bass players in history. <laughs> um, one of the most simple, just dump, 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 dump. I mean, but I guess you're backing Van Halen. You can't really shine above him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, David Lee Roth just made a joke out of so many. He made Van Halen the country music of rock and roll. You know, I, one of my criticisms of country music is always that it's it's always a joke. It's always some catchphrase or humorous thing, getting drunk on the right. airplane or like. And Van Halen did. Uh, David Lee Roth did that to Van Halen. He took just this, you know, amazing music and
0: made a joke out of it.
1: Yes, I would agree. Man, maybe that's why I don't like him. I just, the whole image of it, I'm not a huge fan of.
0: Did you know, by the way, that Sammy Hagar actually wrote one of the biggest hits of the 80s that he didn't even sing? What's that? I've done everything for you by Rick Springfield. Oh, he wrote that for Springfield. No, he wrote that, and then they 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 sold it to the record company for and Rick Springfield. Well, Sammy Hagar says that that song, the royalties from that song alone, put both of his kids through college. He never had to write a check to college whatsoever because of the royalties just from that one song. That's mm-hmm. cool. His, his son lives a-
2: on the road, by the way. Aaron Hagar. He's a he's a Tahoe <laughs> kid. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not a joke. He's got a shop in town right behind the uh, the Family Tiger store and all that. So. Really? Nice.
0: Yeah, he, he's, written, he's written a lot of songs that when you hear about it, you're like, Sammy Hagar wrote that song, but, yep, he wrote a lot of songs, you know? Listen,
2: I think Van Halen belongs in the top ten. Should he be higher up? Debatably, but it's, you know, like I said, I think David Lee Roth maybe pulled him down a notch. But what he did with tapping was he didn't invent the technique, but he took it to an entirely different level. And one of the cooler things he did into the 90s was uh, learning that you can take any sort of motor – and a uh, guitar pickup will, will, will resonate it. So he did the thing with the drill, like, yep, you right. know, the, I took, you the, could take uh, an electric razor. I did that from him too. Like you can put it up to your pickups and it'll resonate the notes. Like, yeah. Right. yeah, he was, you know, he did some cool stuff with the guitar for sure. So, uh, yeah, deserves to be top 10, but, and everyone knows what 5150 is from Van Halen as well. So sure, I do. Nick,
1: uh, do I know what it means?
2: Well, fifty-one fifty is the uh, is it the police code or something for a psych hold, a mental evaluation? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. He had a whole series of
2: amps called fifty-one fifties that you know became very well-selling amplifiers for a lot of other guitar players.
1: There you go. Brewski's happy. All right. Yeah. Uh, number seven on our list is Randy Rhodes.
0: Huh? Oh,
2: worthy of the top ten. You yes. think, for sure? Yeah.
1: yeah. And another
2: dude, I would give one of the top guitar solos of all time, the solo on Crazy Train, which is also a tapping technique, by the way. But, uh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne has this good history of finding amazing guitar players to team up with.
0: Hey, yeah. You know,
2: Randy Rhodes, Zach Wilde, back into the... You know, Jakey e. Lee. Yeah. I mean, uh, Black Sabbath days and all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, and he's another one of those guitar players. Tend to say that he's one of the greats. You know, he's a guitar player's guitar player. Randy Rose. Sure. died before his time, obviously.
1: Don't you think that Sharon Osbourne has a lot to do with uh, all his great guitar players?
2: <laughs> he was she auditioning them? Or- <laughs> yeah, I mean, that,
0: here's the deal, dude. Uh, he's got they good
1: I didn't mean it like that, oh, you horny little bastard, dude. Sorry. <laughs> uh I mean it like uh she ran his career that tightly. Uh, she was choosing people for him, all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh well, Sharon Osborne. She's the real talent behind Ozzy. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't I don't I don't I can't see Sharon uh having the forethoughts of hire Jakey e. Lee or Zach Wilde or anything like that. Oh, I shame think on you know you. How dare you? No, I think I think you hear them play and you say, you know what, these guys to play well with Ozzy. Right.
1: Well, let's see, where are we? Number six on the list. Tom Morello. Yeah. Um
2: I was wondering if he would make it on the
1: list So I would say that's uh I would say he deserves to be in the top ten. I don't know if number six, but yeah, I would say at least top ten.
0: He's uh, He's innovative that's that's what i would say that's my first thing that comes to my mind is innovative
2: right yeah Uh, he's ahead of a few people on this list that i would probably say it's an error but he deserves to be on the list tom morello probably destroyed the modern day guitar solo because he took it and just blew it up into something that no one has really done a combination of guitar solo. And I would almost argue like turntable scratching, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I would say you're right about that, dude.
2: Yeah. I mean, he is not a typical lead guitar player and for somebody to hit the scene in the nineties and be able to kind of redefine lead guitar playing is a, uh, yeah, uh, that's a big accolade right there. and Yeah, I think Tom Morello is uh, is amazing. His lead work and uh, all, all his rhythm work. I mean, Rage Against the Machine. How can you not bang your head listening to those guys?
1: On Sirius, I don't know if you've ever listened to Tom Morello. has got a few different shows on different yeah. stations, but uh, they're always fantastic. I mean, he's somewhat of a musical genius as far as trivia about different music and who did well, what and you know everything so
0: but and also hearing all about all the different people he collaborates with
1: yes dude i mean if Cornell
2: gives you his stamp of approval you know you got to be good
0: so that's <laughs> right
2: the audio yeah. slave days and all that and you know part of what i was debating the other day of my personal guitar list is do any of the seattle guitar players make it into the top <laughs> 10 or whatever and uh mm. it's debatable you know, uh, legendary bands, but were there legendary guitar players? I mean, Jerry Cantrell, I think he's phenomenal. Kim Thale, I think, is phenomenal. Mike McCready. But um, but yeah, did they make the list? And I, I'm willing to bet that they're not going to be in here. So we shall see. But.
1: And I guess that's got to be a different list, right? Because uh, Kurt Cobain deserves to be on a list, whether it's for, you know, changing the music industry or creating a new genre, something. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Did it's an interesting know? one because, you know, technically proficient, no, not at all. But no. did he take the guitar and kind of, you know, do all sorts of good things with it? Sure. Him
1: not being technically proficient was a lot of his charm. Right. You know what I mean? And what he was playing. So, yeah. all right, number five on the list. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree or disagree. Maybe you have to. I don't know. Are <laughs> we agreeing on Keith Rickards. Holding the uh, number five spot again. <laughs>
2: I have a lot of love for the Rolling Stones, but I don't own any Rolling Stones albums. I've never gone to see them in concert. Yeah. Uh, it's like The Who. They're, like I mentioned earlier, I put those bands in that same category of legendary bands and done all sorts of great work. And Keith Richards, yeah, I mean, you got to acknowledge him as one of the greats for sure. But he's never been one of my personal favorites per se. But I have a lot of Rolling Stones songs that I, I absolutely love and adore. So it's yeah. a weird category for me.
1: I feel like uh, it's almost like, uh, well, they're in the same category as the Beatles. Like, it has to be has to be in the top five, right? right?
2: But is George Harrison one of the great guitar
1: players? I don't know. Uh, well, The yeah, you know, yeah, Beatles yeah. are one of the great bands. Well, you we see George Harrison on the list. What do you think of this, dude? I am a huge fan Ooh. of the boss, Bruce
2: Springsteen. Van okay. Zant? Is that who we're saying? No, no he plays the, verse, he plays the man in the lead. Uh, he's one of the guitar players?
1: For yes. The greatest guitar
2: players of all time, Bruce. Bruce. I don't know about that.
1: No. He's on the list as number four huh. of the greatest guitar players of all time. Uh, Stevie Van Zant is a guitar player, right? They both do, uh, but they're calling Bruce the number four no. best guitar huh. player of all time. <laughs> no. Why?
2: he's a good rhythm player he's a great songwriter great front man but yeah i would say kurt cobain has done more for guitar than bruce springsteen did he didn't reinvent anything he's just a good rock and roll you know singer guitar player but number four
1: on the list is uh, bruce springsteen one of the best guitar musicians in the world the uh-huh. songwriter singer and band leader was an exemplary rock performer in the 70s and 80s during his music career before the early 2000s. Uh, Springsteen played for various bands, including Ringo Starr and his all-star band.
2: Please, Eddie Vedder plays guitar. He's not one of the great guitar players of all time.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We're on number four, dude. Who knows?
2: Uh, no. I mean, he's a rhythm guitar player. <laughs> I mean, no. Vito. Did you, I mean, I love Bruce Springsteen. I'm not taking away from him as a songwriter and a frontman and iconic musician, but do I think of him as a great guitar player? Not at all.
0: Yeah, I I
2: wouldn't go that way either. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go that way either. I don't know why you guys think I made this list.
2: We're shooting the messenger. That's all. That's <laughs> all. all right. Yeah. That's all a right. weird choice, though. And all the you know guitar player lists I've seen over the years, I don't ever see him on there at all. So
1: right. Well, you will have to see who else is on the list, and if you agree with them, because uh, some things may still be freaky. As we're only now getting into the top three, you might not—you uh, might not agree with what's happening here, or you might.
2: Okay. I mean, there's one obvious name I haven't heard yet. I'm trying to think who the other two might be, though. So, all right, keep going.
0: Oh no!
1: Number three on the list is George Harrison of the Beatles, Interesting. and. Uh, I think he's got to be on the list, dude. I mean, but I will say this, almost like uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, you know, he's got to be on the list. Is he the greatest guitar player ever? I don't know about that, but his style that he brought to the Beatles was untouched.
2: Again, I would reference like my Pearl Jam analogy. The Beatles are one of the great bands. I don't know that any one of them is the greatest of whatever they are. You know, greatest yeah. drummer, greatest bass player, greatest guitar Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The Beatles collectively are obviously mind-blowing and legends, but I don't know. George Harrison is one of the great guitar players on his own. I mean, I know yeah. he made his guitar gently weep as opposed to violently <laughs> weep.
1: Well, you wanted him to really thrash it out. Number three,
2: though, on the list, ahead of of, uh, of a Keith Richards or uh,
0: yeah. Pete
2: Townsend, who I would also say were in legendary bands, but maybe not necessarily on their own. Yeah, it's yeah. not fair to Keith Richards; he's better than Pete Townsend. But, yes. but okay, he's uh, not, George Harrison—he's not
1: into porn either. We have to make that distinction. He right. does get points for that. So, yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, number two on the list. Mm. Clapton. So- The sun fell out a window, right? Right. His politics fell off a cliff. Yeah. Eric Clapton is uh, number two greatest guitar players of all time.
2: Uh, I won't argue with him being in the top three on anyone's list. Clapton's nickname was God for very good reasons. He is a phenomenal blues rock guitar player. He's a bit of a moron that doesn't know how to watch kids correctly, but... (laughs) Um, yeah he's a legendary guitar player one of the greats as far as being a lead guitar player goes absolutely
1: all right so we're happy with that
2: yeah i mean number two on the list eh, yes me but uh okay
1: here's the thing dude eric clapton met all genres of playing with cream and then playing his lighter stuff of uh tears in heaven like uh so many people like him dude
0: yeah well i mean after midnight Yes.
2: You wrote a whole song about cocaine. I give him credit just for being like, you know what? This this drug deserves a song. <laughs> let's, <laughs> uh, let's dedicate an entire song to cocaine.
1: Are we ready for number one on the list? Uh, if
2: it's not freaking Hendrix, I'm throwing you out a window <laughs> for bringing this
1: list to us. Okay. Well, all right, told you, dude. I didn't write it. But number one on the list, uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> number one on the list, you will not be disappointed, Steve, because it is Jimi Hendrix. Excellent. What
2: example do you have for us? I'll judge you on that.
1: Oh, you will?
2: Yes. If you play Fire or Foxy Lady, I have to throw you out. (laughs) A Little Voodoo Child. Okay. You can get points for that. I I also would have accepted Little Wing. uh, Oh, yeah. Probably one of his great uh, guitar songs. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Hendrix has to be the... I mean, certainly the top three of any credible guitar player list. But yeah, probably number one. I mean, I don't, I don't feel good about saying he's not number one of all time. So. Got-
1: well, we would have seen if he would have lived longer, dude. I mean, uh, do you think he would have just kept putting out amazing music? Or would he have faded away?
2: That's a great question about every artist that died too young. Kurt Cobain certainly being one of them. But um, sure. yeah, you know, yeah, you wonder would uh, Hendrix have gone on to some sort of smooth jazz era in the eighties or something? Or, like have.
0: playing like Stanley Clark, you know?
2: Yeah, probably, would he yeah, be a lounge performer in Vegas nowadays? I, mean, I don't
1: know. <laughs> would he be Fat Elvis? Would he be right. Fat Jimmy? Can I, you know? Can you know Jim
2: Hendrix him. took an electric guitar and did things with it that not only did no one do before him, but everyone has emulated or taken a variation on it since. So, yes, yes. He is the uh, the greatest uh, rock
0: guitar player
2: of all time. Quintessential.
0: You know, I, I was disappointed that I did not see Prince on this list.
2: So, yeah, I was going to say, now who's not on the list? You know, Prince is, uh, is a good one. I would argue somebody like uh, Chuck Berry should be on a, a list of all-time yeah. great rock guitar players.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Bo yeah. Diddley should probably Definitely be in the top yep.
1: 20, right? Right. B.B.
2: King, you know? I mean. Yeah. yeah. What, what was this list title? Just greatest guitar players of all time?
1: 20 greatest guitarists of all time. Right.
2: Uh, Isn't it interesting how on a list like that, it almost is always all rock artists. Was there any country artists on this list?
1: No, yeah. I didn't nope. see anything.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because they don't deserve to be there.
1: <laughs> you know what I will say for Prince, when he did uh, when he did My Guitar Gently Weep's, the way he goes through that will give you the chills and almost bring you to crying. And then yes. when he just throws the guitar off and walks off stage, it's the ultimate mic drop. And Prince was pretty badass. Yeah.
0: And the thing about it is, he's on stage with that red hat, and yes. and and he drops himself backwards off the stage like doing the nesty plunge, and they catch him, and he's yes. still playing. He didn't stop playing. No, he's playing while and then, and then they kind of push him back up on stage onto his feet. And everyone else on stage is just standing there, just smiles on their faces as he's just ripping it up.
1: Well, I mean, they're all looking at him like, oh, you're still going? Like, Petty <laughs> is looking at him like, oh, my gosh, dude, we're around royalty right now. I mean, have you <laughs> seen the the performance, Harness? Uh, I don't know if you've seen the
2: one you're talking about, but I would put Prince in that category that you were mentioning about Billy Corgan, that people just don't seem to think of him as a great guitar player. But. He, he is. He can play all uh, instruments, too, you know, but... Yes. Yeah. He did on most of the albums, so, yeah, he's one of the greats on that kind of thing.
1: Pretty amazing, so, yeah, top 20 right there, agree with it or not, that's what it yeah. says.
2: You know, another uh, classic band, uh, Aerosmith, you know, Joe Perry is one of the yeah. greats. I'm surprised he was nowhere on there, actually, so...
1: It's too it, small of a list, dude. I mean, there's too many great guitarists or influential guitarists that we don't even have. 20s not a list. Come on, we need the top 100 to get serious about what we're doing.
2: Sure. No Seattle artist on there. I mean, Jimi Hendrix obviously is from Seattle, but I'm yeah. talking like the 90s, you know, era of You're of right. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Yeah. And I would argue even into the Foo Fighters now. So
1: We should get some concert review. Uh, Steven went to see the Foo Fighters in Tahoe this past Thursday. Opening up for them, it was the Breeders. Oh, Brewski, you'll get a kick out of this. Okay. I had Steve sending me a couple of videos, and I had another friend that was there sending me videos. They did uh, Gigantic. Dave Grohl came out and did it with with the Breeders. It was was real and it was real cool. So That
2: was a cool moment. Yeah. Grohl coming out and playing with the with the Breeders, who of course are some of the members from the Pixies and they did the Pixie song and that was super cool. You know, I just got to say, is Dave Grohl one of the great guitar players? Yeah, probably not as far as just, like, technically proficient or whatever. But Foo Fighters have proven themselves to be one of the great rock bands of this modern era. They're one of the few bands still keeping the torch alive for just good old rock and roll bands. Yes. And... Boy, when you think about the number of, you know, they play for two and a half hours. And sometimes I forget how many freaking great songs they have contributed over the years. Right. Mm-hmm. And they played, uh, this is a call, you know, fingernails are pretty. And I'm, yeah. I just had this flashback of like, when that song hit the radio, I was delivering pizzas in Michigan, playing in South Normal. It was 1995. Yeah. yeah. And here we are 28 years later, and they've had album after album. and man they put on a phenomenal live show i mean dave grohl is a rock god he deserves that status he
1: broke his foot during a concert and played the rest of the show you know uh i mean he is he's a rock god he just goes up there and he goes like crazy is exactly what you want to see when someone's playing rock and roll true rock and roll
2: here's a sincere question for you guys with your music knowledge what drummer has ever gone on to become the front man of a band I mean, he was a drummer in Nirvana, a legendary band. And then he was like, hey, guys, I can sing and play guitar. Kurt Cobain's dead. I'm going to start a new band. And everyone Phil thought. Phil
1: Collins like. did it. Right? Well, Yes. I mean,
2: Phil that. Collins and Don Henley. But they both sang lead playing drums. How many go from being the drummer to being the front man? Yeah. I and Phil know. Collins I mean, is a good is. example. But, yeah, he was singing for Genesis, too. So,
0: Well, you know, by the way, Dave Grohl actually wrote just about all of the Foo Fighters' first album. While he was still in Nirvana, and he, he played some of the stuff that he recorded on his own for Kurt, and Kurt was just going like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if you like that, and that sort of thing. So here's the, here's the question. Right. Do, do we think that Dave would have stuck around, or do you think Dave would have left the band, even if, if Kurt had not died and that sort of thing? Maybe Dave still would have left and gone and gone out and done his own thing, you know. I don't
1: think he would have I don't think he would have left if Nirvana was still plugging away and and really still killing the game. Still changing the the uh tapestry of music. But but I think if he started to get tired, maybe he would have, dude. Who knows? I think he would
2: have done solo work. He probably would have done some version of the Foo but, Fighters on his own, but still stayed in Nirvana. And I, I saw a great clip with him where someone asked him, like, "How come you weren't more forceful with Kurt Cobain?" to say, "I've got all these songs I've written," and he said, uh, "Oh, there's a, a famous joke amongst musicians that what's the last thing the drummer ever said? Hey, guys, I wrote a song. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, drummer! Bang on you. your things." Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, another question. How long do we think that Kurt would have still been playing music had he not died? Because towards the end there, he was kind of at the point where he wanted to get away. And I think he would have become a recluse within five years and maybe come back every so often with something he was doing. I don't think he would have been full time. He would have
1: been the Dave Chappelle of music, I think. Yeah, it you know, be. would have gone off and taken a sabbatical, went to Africa and just chilled and then maybe come back. I don't know. You know? No, that's
2: definitely possible. That's like we were saying earlier. You got to wonder if any of these legends are they in part legends because they died at the top and we just only know the good stuff? You know, they have ruined their legacy going on. But yeah. But yeah, no, Foo Fighters did a phenomenal concert. Uh, Pat Smear was back playing with the band, which I didn't nice. realize he was back. And that was so cool to see him. And. Um, not only a phenomenal show, but you know, Dave Grohl's a funny dude. He made a lot of funny jokes up there and they did this whole, I would almost call it musical comedy amongst some of their songs. Like there's a lot of foo fighter songs that have breakdowns in the middle. And one yeah. of them, they just break into enter Sandman all of a sudden. And they do like, you know, just a couple, they do like part of the verse of enter Sandman and then he's like, stop. That's all we know. We don't know the rest of the song. Like get back to our song. And they did a segment where he was introducing the band. And I didn't realize how many other bands his current band has been in. Um, most notably, and I should know his name, but I don't. They're brand new drummer. Um, he was in Devo, Whip It, Whip It Good. He was yeah. in Nine Inch Nails. He was with Michael Buble.
1: Oh, no. his name is uh, uh, Taylor Schmalkins, I think, <laughs> is <it. Yes.
2: laughs> think of this. I mean, not only is he stepping into the late great Taylor Hawkins, who became, you know, Dave Grohl's best buddy and, you know, took over this mantra of being the drummer for the yeah. Foo Fighters, which is fronted by one of the greatest drummers ever who could do your parts as good, if not better. And on early Foo Fighters records, he actually replaced the drummer. That was a whole legendary thing where the drummer for the first album recorded the entire album and then heard it released and was like, that's not me. Like Dave went back and re-recorded all the drum parts because he just wasn't happy with them. Wow. By the but way, now,
0: his name his name was Josh Freeze. That's the new drummer.
2: All right. So Josh Freeze, amazing drummer. I mean, he's got a double bass drum, much like a, a Lars Ulrich, and he was rocking it, really double bass action. And yeah, so they did this part of the concert where Dave was introducing everyone, and every band they used to be in, they would break into a verse of one of their most famous songs. And so at one point, he's like, you know, introducing the drummer, and they start playing Whip It, they start doing a Nine Inch Nail song, and they start doing Michael Buble, uh, "It's a Beautiful That's Day." Fun. But Dave's like, I don't know the lyrics, so he's just blah blah blah, blah, funny. It was really fun and funny.
0: Have you ever seen when Dave does his um DG's stuff?
2: No, 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 no.
0: So Dave has this band called the DG's. And it's basically uh, Foo Fighters versions of BG songs. Oh, no, that's no, fun. That.
2: And if you think about it, oh, DG- I know when he did some Bar Mitzvah thing, didn't he do a bunch of crazy covers and the BGs were part of it?
0: No, no, no. he every every, every um Hanukkah, Hanukkah that's what he he he, he he does he he does covers of um of Jewish artists for every single night of the week at the different. one. But here's the thing, though. It's not always him that sings. He had his daughter, Violet, sing one night, and she yes. sang Take Take the Box by um, Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm, Let me tell really you something. Uh, it blew me away because she sounded so good, like, like sultry lounge singer type, and I feel bad saying that because she's kind I of a teenager theme. and everything. <laughs> yeah, sure. But she is just a phenomenal singer. She really is. But that's yeah. that whole thing there. He, he does that ha- the Hanukkah sessions every year. Yeah, and
2: that's what it is, yeah.
0: The, the DG's thing, Dave actually flew the band to Kansas, and Westboro Baptist Church was going to be picketing uh, oh, a funeral. Like, that. That. Yeah, and what Dave did was he rented a flatbed truck, and they basically played music and circled around so that Westboro people couldn't be heard by the people at the funeral, and they were playing You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees.
2: That's right. They were, yeah, driving around.
1: I remember that. And he's getting
0: on the the microphone saying, asking the Westboro people, hey, you're supposed to be, you know, followers of Jesus. How come you don't love everybody? And and it was just... It
1: was great.
0: Yeah, it was, you know?
2: You know, I remember seeing a documentary on the Bee Gees, and they interviewed rock artist after rock artist that said, "You know who one of the greatest songwriters are? It's the freaking Bee Gees." Yeah, they got ridiculed for being disco or whatever, but they are phenomenal songwriters. The melodies, the harmonies, the look, the the hooks and the songs. I mean, the Bee Gees—they really are a phenomenal band,
1: dude. How deep is your love? Is one of the greatest songs of all time?
2: I mean, uh, more than a woman. I freaking love that song. But, yeah, Foo Fighters were phenomenal live. I can't recommend them enough if they come to a town near you guys to, uh, to check them out. So I got to see them years ago in Seattle do an acoustic show, which was mind-blowing. But this was full-on rock and roll show. And, yeah, Dave Grohl deserves status of rock god and for keeping the rock and roll torch alive. So
0: You know, by the way, back in, probably would have been 2013, we went and saw Paul McCartney at Safeco Fields. Sure. And... Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters came out on stage and played with Paul McCartney.
2: Yes, Dave Grohl's a huge Beatles fan, and he worships Paul McCartney. I saw an and, interview where he was like, I had Paul McCartney over to my house, and he started playing Lady Madonna on my piano. He was like, I just, I, I almost wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney's yeah, in my house do? playing my piano. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. That would be my endorsement. And yeah, by the way, Donnie and I uh, got a suite at the Hard Rock here in in Tahoe. And man, we just had a rock and roll night. I mean, we partied hard before the concert. We rocked out for, you know, three plus hours really with the Breeders opening and then um, went back to the suite. And I was just double fisted tequila and a joint. I'm
1: glad, you, I'm glad you said tequila. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, There's some other shenanigans going on as well that night. Everyone had smiles on their faces that entire freaking night.
0: I, if I may ask, and, uh, how was the family visit? Uh, oh,
2: it was good. Yeah. My sister came into town and, uh, you know, it's good to get caught up with them and play sure. guitar for my sister, uh, because my son was, uh, was uh, showing off some of his new guitar skills and whatnot. Yeah, put That's him awesome. to shame a little
1: bit. <laughs> yes. Ah. Uh, you get down.
2: Gross. <laughs> no, they asked me to play. And, you know, my electric guitar skills have got a little shaky, but, uh, yeah, I, I took out the acoustic, and and I will tell you, too, I had some proud parenting moments with my kid this past week with Crosby. Not only did he tell my sister, like, you know, they asked, what kind of music do you want to learn to play? And he was like, yeah, I, I want to learn, like, some Green Day and some Metallica. I'm just like, I didn't pay him to say any of those things. Like, that was <laughs> right. But he told me this past week, unsolicited, out of nowhere, my son tells me, I think Pearl Jam is one of the greatest rock bands of all time, because they're just... <laughs> a good mid-tempo rock group. They're not too heavy like Pantera. They're not They're not too mellow like some, you know, thing. And he's like, I, I, I really think Pearl Jam is one of the great rock bands. Good, dude. That's good. I've done
0: something. <laughs> <this. Amazing. Yeah. laughs> did, it, did it bring it to your, your eye, Steve? You're like, oh, that's my boy, that's oh, my boy right there.
2: Now, forget learning how to ride a bike or spell. Like hearing my son say that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pearl Jam
2: <laughs> is one of the great rock bands of all time. Like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm Costanza. This I'm done parenting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes,
1: good musical week around here. Very nice, Brewski. You also had a little musical, uh, live musical experience. Uh, who did you go to see?
0: I went primarily to see the Hooters, and they didn't disappoint me at all. It was amazing to see. But it was I an, an say,
2: '80s uh, kind of one-hit wonder extravaganza, right?
0: No, no, no. Well, Tommy Tutone was the only one that's a one-hit wonder because Paul Young had several hits. And he's he's actually a really good vocalist. Come on, but I will tell you they all are
2: known for one song, really, in the rock and roll history.
0: No, Tommy Two Tone.
2: What's his other song? Rick Springfield. What's his other song? The Hooters. What's their other song?
0: Rick Rick Springfield has several hits, actually. Oh please! Yes, I've hosted the 80s.
2: Come on, (laughs) I host an 80s show. He's got one major hit. I know that he had other little hits, you know, but. Come on.
0: Uh, what? I'm already. On, that's, that's Kenny Loggins.
2: Oh, sorry. See, that's just how easily <laughs> I get confused with my 80s art. Uh, Rick Springfield, Breaking the Bro Code with Jesse's Girl, you bastard. So, what are the top three Rick Springfield hits?
0: Human Touch, um, I've Done Everything For You, which is actually written by Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah. And if I had to pick one, what, what's the other one that, that I really. Oh, um.
2: Nick, back me up here. Come on. These are all one hit wonders.
1: Players. Well, I mean, yes. They are to the Billboard charts. Right. right?
0: I know yeah, every that's band what we're got some about. other
2: hits, and real fans know there's deeper stuff, but come on. Tommy Two-Tone? What are you going to say is their other hit?
0: No, no, no. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I agreed with you about Tommy Two-Tone. Okay. And the Hooters? You know, and will, we danced? And what? Day by Day. That was the one I really wanted to hear. <laughs> that that was fantastic.
2: And who's uh, the other one? I don't, Paul Young? Yes. I don't even know who that is.
0: Every time you go away.
2: Every time you go. <laughs> it's a away. slow. You know? oh, oh, I used to slow dance in the middle school prom. But that was- <laughs> yeah. But again, how many? Um, you know what? So- There's nothing so- the wrong with Listen, Corey Haim once famously said, it's better to be a one-hit wonder than a no-hit wonder. So I'm not taking anything Wait, away. From but Cart- that was the only smart thing you ever said. Who so-
1: was your favorite at this show?
0: The Hooters was-, was my number one, but I will tell you what, Rick Springfield put on a hell of a performance. And I'll tell you what, for someone that's, Seventy-four. God made me look at myself like, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" You know, because right. I look like complete garbage compared to that guy.
2: <laughs> How long did each band play for?
0: Uh, Tommy Two Stone only played for maybe twenty minutes. You know what's funny? He played, you know, Operator by um, by Jim Croce. Yeah, Operator. Yeah, but they played it. He, I love he it. He
2: had to <laughs> fill out his twenty-minute set with coverage. No,
0: no, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. No, So what they do? What what he likes to do is he likes to take a 70s song, but sing it in an 80s way. He sang it in the style of The Clash.
2: Oh, so we made it worse. Okay. That's <laughs> good.
0: No, I thought it was, I thought it was fun.
2: <laughs> I know I host the 80s show here in Tahoe, but I but think- you like, hate the 80s.
0: I know you it's do. It's the
2: weakest decade of- No, any, it's not. Musical oh, no, decade. Not. Well, if you argue like 2010 to 2020, maybe, but I'm talking like the 50s to 2000, like it's the weakest decade.
0: I don't know, 70s, and I take a lot of 70s stuff. There was a lot of weak stuff in the 70s. Mm.
1: Listen, I got to know if you danced and moved your body around.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I will tell you this, though. There were a lot of old broads there last night, and some of them were just being complete C's. <laughs>
1: oh, really? They were mean old broads? <laughs>
0: oh, God. I, I just wanted Oh, I wanted Just yeah, really. You
1: what? You like almost man? punched some old lady last night.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. They're probably my age. You know, they're probably like between 52 and 55 and everything but What was making
1: the, them mad dude
0: No no they were in front of me so one of them is like Standing in front of my aunt who's barely Five feet tall as it is okay. Right and so here's the, here's the thing right? If you're at a show and in between Bands they're playing D- a DJ Spinning music to kind of keep everyone Interested right
1: yeah. yeah
0: Are you gonna get all pissed off Because you can't hear the music that The DJ is spinning
1: oh what you're Talking and they're getting pissy
0: yeah She got all bleeping oh. pissy but she's like, all I can do is is hear you running your mouth back there. Oh, please.
2: That's elevator music at that point. It's just setting yeah! the mood between bands. And, no, a,
0: and well. here's the thing, though. So we're, we're in the middle of Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young, right? There's like yeah. maybe a minute left on the song. She and her two friends decide they need to get up because they sit in our row and move to the seats in front of us. which had an aisle in front of them so they could get up and stand and everything like that. And I'm like, wait till the damn song is done. I mean, come on, really?
1: Have yeah. some concert etiquette. I mean, uh, it's, yeah. no, and it's it a real like, thing.
0: So you, what? So she's standing up and she's trying to record just about every part of the Rick Springfield performance.
1: She's horny, dude.
0: Yeah, it probably was. There was a lot of bad dancing too. There were a lot of chicks that had had no rhythm whatsoever.
1: What about None. you, dude? You're not dancing even by yourself?
0: Uh, no, I, I didn't feel like getting up and dancing. I mean, I, I wanted to, but. I was kind of like, I'm just going to sit here and relax, you know, Uh so, but it was a good show. It was fun and drink prices weren't, uh, outrageous either. So that was good.
2: Smart group on the venue. So that's good. I I was
0: just drinking Bud Lights anyway. So Ah, good for
2: you though. Sticking up for the liberal cause (laughs) Yeah. or just drinking the beer you wanted to, because who needs to politicize
1: beer, right?
0: Yeah. But it was, it was, it was, and I was there with my, my sister and my aunt, who's my aunt was like my, our big sister. She's only five and a half years older than me, so
1: You were you know. on your best
0: behavior. I was, actually. That huh? chick almost got a chief.
1: She almost got a chief? Almost wow.
0: got a chief, yeah. Bruski
1: starts to calling people chief. You better get you better <laughs> yeah. get out of the way, dude. Well, that's uh, gonna bring the show to a close, yeah?
2: indeed it is find us online the vocalminority.net and uh share your thoughts uh,
1: on all of our socials
0: and we say bye-bye say
1: bye-bye brusky please
0: bye-bye brusky test one two test one two check,
1: check, 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 check. ladies and gentlemen this is the vocal minority with nick and steve
0: nick reynolds steve harness and cousin brusky the vocal minority with nick and steve take one